Welcome back to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends recap and review a new romance novel each week. This week, fall is in the air. The leaves are changing and the mornings are crisp. So we had Tiffany Rise take us to Beard and Boot Country in the mountains of Oregon with her Halloween treat. We hope you liked it as much as we did. Okay, Erin, is there anything new with you these days? <laughs> is anything new with me? Well, yeah. I can say I'm sitting here in my office. I'm looking across the street. We decorated our house for Halloween like way too much. Like we did. That's right. I loved the pictures. Yeah. I loved we them. We have like giant spiders. We have webs. We have like ghouls hanging around. We have lights. There's a skull on the ground. Just a oh, random Oh, yeah. We have skull. a graveyard. We have a, like a ghost dog with a bone. And we were the only ones in the neighborhood. And now all the other neighbors are fucking putting up Halloween decorations and trying to fucking Oh, they've us. stepped it yeah. up? It's oh. bullshit. And so, <laughs> so when you're like, what's new with you? I'm like looking out the window and I was like, these motherfuckers. Anyway. <laughs> you know what? Um, so you know how I'm not really into <laughs> Halloween decorations at all? Actually, I'm not that. really into, well, I'm not really into holiday or seasonal decorating. Uh-huh. Mostly because... I'm just lazy. I'm like, all the things that I put up, I'm going to have to take down, and I hate it. Um, but a friend of mine, this really rad chick, um, just hosted a pumpkin carving party in the park. Like, she went and got a bunch of pumpkins and put them out as if it was a patch in our city park. And the kids all went, and, you know, we picked out pumpkins and carved them. And it was super, super fun. Because I never would have done it on my own. Like, Mm -hmm. even with my son, never would have done it. Because apparently I'm a Grinch in every form. (laughs) Um, But I ended up with uh, one pumpkin with a Wonder Woman symbol on it, which was... I I was surprised at my own uh, jack-o'-lantern prowess. (laughs) And then... I also did a poop emoji, which (laughs) I'm still giggling about because I'm roughly a nine-year-old boy. So that's, that's pretty much what's new with me. Oh, and Michael and I went to see Blade Runner 2049 last night, yeah. and I leaned over. Well, because my partner, Michael, does the Geek 101 podcast, and so they he, they had to watch the movie in order to review it. And so I leaned over just as, like, the the first headings go by, and it's like, the replicants of this, and here's the, here's the premise of the movie. And I leaned over to Michael, and I was like, oh... I thought this was about vampires. <laughs> you thought it was Blade? Because when they... Yes! I thought it was Blade. Have you even seen the original Blade Runner? I guess not. I don't know. Did it even make sense? You know what? They did an excellent job. You don't have to know the history of um, Blade Runners in order to watch this new Ryan Gosling, Robin Wright and Jared Leto flick. Harrison Ford is also there. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's it's fucking Blade Runner. That's why Harrison Ford is... Also- oh, was Harrison Ford... Oh, is- my God. Harrison Ford was in the original... If anyone is listening to this, which no one is, they're all going to write angry emails and stop listening because you said words. Is Harrison Ford in the original Blade Runner? Listen, I now I have homework, okay? I'll just, I'll watch the oh original, God. everyone. Your husband must it's be so fine. embarrassed of you. He does a Geek 101 podcast. You know what? I'm geeky in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Um, but he knows that I lived under a cultural rock for most of my uh, life. Like, yeah, remember, yeah, that's true. Growing up in Oregon, I had three channels. <gasps> 
on my TV, three of them. It was ABC, NBC, and PBS. And like my mom wasn't going to Blockbuster all the time when Blockbuster existed. So I forgot, you know, that you grew up in Oregon. That's going to be great for our book today. Oh man, for our Halloween treat. Okay. Wait a second. I can't even tell you. I was kind of freaking out about this whole thing because so we wanted to do a Halloween based romance novel and um, it was my turn to choose. But then Aaron found (laughs) the description of this book and sent it to me. And I was like, well, my choice is made now. So we're going to do like vampires maybe or something. But yeah, we were going to do something paranormal and we will. Don't worry. That's coming up also. This was great, though, because I opened up this book and I was born in Hawaii and grew up in Oregon. Yeah. And our protagonist grew up in Oregon but currently lives in Hawaii. And so, like, on page 13, there's this beautiful love letter to the scenery of mm-hmm. Oregon that I was just, like, at the table for. Me, too. I was there. The thing that says that Oregon smells like the world when it was first born, <gasps> that part. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me just read it. Hold on. It's so good. I have it marked because, of course, I'm reading the hard copy and you can take the college out of or you can take the girl out of college, but not vice versa. I can't believe you bought and a I hard just, copy of her Halloween treat. Like, I'm still amazed. You know what? It was cheaper than the Kindle version. Really? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it looks like I'm the sucker. Okay. All right. So on page 13, she says, Hawaii was beautiful like nowhere else in the world. But damn, she had missed the Oregon forests. The scent. There's nothing like it. Clean, so clean, pure pine and fur and all so light and airy that if you didn't stop to breathe in deeply enough, you'd miss it. But if you did breathe in on a rainy, windy day, you just might smell what the world smelled like right after it was born. And like, oh, it's so true. (sighs) I miss it. I really need to go back soon. I was reading this and I was like, oh, we're going to get some like great Hawaii insight out of Melody like an idiot because like I know where you grew up. (laughs) I don't, I don't. (laughs) That's great. I mean, we can also get some great Hawaii insight, but um, there's literally nothing about Hawaii other than she lived there and she has, she has lots of uh, torrid sex there with a married man that she didn't know about. Okay. So premise of the book. We are meeting Kira. Nope. Nope, Jolene. Kara. Joey. Joey. Her name is Joey. Jojo. That, no, her name is not Jojo ever, is it? Yeah, Kira calls her Jojo. Oh, that's right. And then she calls her Kiki and it they're was, very cute. Yeah. Okay. So, P.S., um, my favorite character in the whole book is her best friend, Kira. <laughs> but <laughs> this is about Joey, who's been living in Hawaii as a marketing person for Oahu Air. And she's been in this two-year relationship with a coworker who splits his time between L.A. and and Hawaii. He's not just a coworker. He's a VP at the company, which becomes important. That's right. Yeah, he's a VP of a different department because there's like a don't date your coworkers policy at work and they were like, "We're not really though, so we're just going to fly under the radar." Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons that she we we enter the book and she has just found out that the reason he never wanted her to visit him in LA is that he is married and has been for the entirety of their relationship. He'll come to Hawaii for two weeks to work, and then he'll go back to L.A. for two weeks to work and and back and forth. So she has, on her way to her brother's wedding in Oregon, she's popped by to be like, surprise, here's my vagina. (laughs) And his wife answers the door. And everyone is very confused. And Joey, being the 
classy mm-hmm. and subdued mm-hmm. woman that she is when she gets upset. She just looks at him when he says, what the hell are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Doesn't say a word, turns around and gets back into her cab. Gets back into that cab. That's right. And then goes to spend the night at Kira's house. Um, Kira is hilarious. Kira is her best friend. She also works for Oahu Air in the LA department. And didn't know this guy was married either. Nobody at work knew. He never mentioned the wife bomb. So anyway, Kira's hilarious. She's everything I love about a supporting character. She's funny. She's supportive. She's protective. She gives like excellent advice, but then goes back on her advice Mm -hmm. when it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Making her a realistic friend. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Actually, you know what? Kira reminds me a lot of myself when I'm overly caffeinated. Would you agree? <laughs> Which, like, all is always. Always. <laughs> I'm pretty much always caffeinated. I feel caffeinated. like you have two moods. It's like overly caffeinated and hungry are your two moods. Oh, mm-hmm. that is very insightful, Erin. And yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think you are a lot like Kira when you're overly caffeinated. I mean, she gave the exact advice I would have given. Had this happened to you, for example, mm-hmm. you'd come over to my house. We would have had our night with a bucket of ice cream and fried chicken and whatever else you wanted. But then on your way to your brother's wedding, I would have been like, bang it out, Aaron. I love it. You're like, like, we would have had the night of ice cream and fried chicken, whatever you wanted, meaning I would be the one eating the ice cream and fried chicken. You would be watching me eating slivers of like shaved coconut on on like a soy... False. I would be eating soy ice cream, yes, because I'm lactose intolerant. However, I'm not saying you wouldn't be. I eating would be like in it the, to win it with you. You would be eating handfuls of shaved coconut slivers. I'm just saying uh-huh. that you would be eating a much healthier treat and just watching me oh. eat a bucket of fried chicken. That's all I'm <laughs> Maybe. saying. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, d- I guess it depends on how much I was empathizing with you at, at that moment. Because this is some news, Erin. Yeah. Two, Two years. She thought she was going to marry this bloke. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to Oregon. Okay, so I want to just say two, I, I wrote out two different pieces of advice, some some nice Kira one-liners mm-hmm. just to give you a little taste. One of them is have insane, hot, totally meaningless sex until you remember what a goddess you are. <sighs> it's like I spoke the words into being myself. Uh-huh. And then the <laughs> other one is, <laughs> the other one is Oregon is hipster and lumberjack territory. Oh, I love this one. Watch out for beard rash downstairs. I speak from experience because yes, uh-huh. everyone that does happen. And you should demand that people go downtown. <laughs> They're lucky to be there. If he's not willing to at least offer to go to They're those far reaching places. There. That's right. You should make them pay a toll. It is. A I mean, privilege. reciprocate, obviously, but yeah, if he's not willing to, then like get out of here. There's another one where she says something about like grabbing onto a man bun or something while she's in Oregon. It's good stuff. Like yes! a hot, grab onto a hot man bun. Good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Kira's it's good. really, really good. I mean, and she's not wrong. No. Okay. So Joey shows up in Oregon and she's going to this old cabin, this old dilapidated cabin that um, she spent a lot of time with as a child with her brother, who once again is getting married. Dylan. So Dylan, thank you. She's ready to like walk into this ramshackle bullshit where she's got to like put on tons of quilts and more flannel than she probably packed and, you know, deal with leaks and whatever. But she walks in to this gorgeous, updated sex cabin, as she calls it. She's on the phone with Kira and she's like, oh my God. This is a sex cabin now, and 
I don't have anyone to have sex with. And Kira's like, well, obviously you can fix that immediately. Go find a person. Yeah. Go find a person to bang it out in your sex cabin. (laughs) (laughs) And then she hears a voice from upstairs. (laughs) Can can I tell you, like, how here for this I am at this point in the book? Like, I'm like, yes, it's got, this has ticked every box for me. It's cozy. Me too. It's a simple story. It's like, it's, there's a forest, there's a cabin, it's the autumn. Like, this guy's a handyman. Like, he's fixing something. He's got a He's a contractor. This isn't like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a simple ass like they're falling in love like it's no there's no like random other storylines going on it's i'm i'm at the table for every single piece me too i mean and kira alone is worth reading this Mm -hmm, book for mm -hmm. like just the lady love involved is fan fucking tastic um i was i was pretty much over the moon i I mean don't get me wrong when we read the description of this book i was like "Mm -hmm, yeah i thought it was gonna be gonna be recalculous but Oh, my God. I was so pleasantly surprised. Oh, wait. Can we just backtrack really quickly? <laughs> sure. Sorry, everyone. Because when we were looking at the the back page, you know, obviously, I, I, I check it out before I open the front cover, before I crack the front cover. Uh-huh. And the back of the book. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to read you the what it says on the back of the book. And then I'm going to read you my all caps notes okay. that I made about it. Uh-huh. Just my, my initial reaction before getting into uh-huh. it. <laughs> they describe Chris Stephenson who is the uh, male lead, as a hard-bodied pile of blonde-bearded hotness (laughs) and a surprisingly dirty rebound guy. (laughs) And so in all caps, I go, (laughs) toe-sucking? Because I can't think of like how a traditional heteronormative Harlequin book is going to be like surprisingly dirty. Oh, I know exactly how because there's a blowjob. Like that's exactly what they mean. Oh. Because they keep, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it, but they keep like referring to this blowjob as like, I didn't do that on the first time. Like sort of like a weird. Really? Yeah. I did not even notice we'll get that. To it. But yeah, I think that's exactly what they mean. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the problem, right? I mean, not the problem, but I'm always like, are they, is it going to be dirty mm-hmm. Harlequin <laughs> or Harlequin blaze? Or is it just going to be like a blowjob and maybe a little bit of power play? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's something you miss out on when you get the Kindle is the back of the book. Or they call him a hard-bodied handyman Mm -hmm. or whatever. Okay, so she hears a voice from upstairs because she's looking around this this beautiful, luxurious, chic, but still cozy sex cabin. There's a lot of like hand-built, like found wood. We find out a lot Mm -hmm. is hand-built in this this story. Okay, so then she hears from the top of the stairs, like, Joey Sylvia? Is that who's down there? And she's like, yeah, oh my God, is that a murderer? Oh, P.S., my other favorite thing that Kira says is like, what does she say? Well, I like how she's immediately like, oh, there's a man. Go have sex with him. And she's like, well, what if he's a murderer? No. He's like a random guy in the house. No, at first she goes, get the fuck out of the house. This isn't a horror movie. Do not investigate. <laughs> because she's a sweet baby angel who's like the best. Right. She also at one point is like, Kira's like, I don't have anybody to have sex in this sex cabin with. And she's like, well, go for a walk. Go go find <laughs> go, Bigfoot. Go I bet he's well hung. <laughs> She's a gem. I'm in love with Kira. Okay. So then she does Mm -hmm. go upstairs to investigate because this is not a horror movie. 
and she sees a sexy handyman who she has known since she was 12 years old. Oh, but he's different. Which I really now. liked about it. Oh, yeah, I really like that. He's hot town. So here's what I love about this book they have lost touch, right? For like a decade. Fine. But Chris is her brother Dylan's best friend from high school. And when Dylan came out, Chris and she were his bodyguards for his senior year of high school when he was about to get beat down like all the time. Chris threw blows. He got in fights on behalf of Dylan. He was this guy's rock throughout high school. And Joey remembers being really, really comfortable around him. He wasn't like, I mean, he was hot, but he had what they keep coming back to his chain wallet. Yeah. And he had like stringy blonde hair or whatever. But now he's clean cut, but with a with this nicely coiffed beard. I'm sure there are abs for days. In fact, I know for a fact there there are abs for days underneath his unbuttoned flannel over a tight white T-shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> And he was in love with her all throughout high school, but like was too scared to make a move except for one time mm-hmm. when they shared a kiss over a s'more. And I just really. I was into I it. Was, yeah, I was. I was into it the whole time. I was very into his like, she was the girl that he could never get in high school and she didn't think of him that way until she came back. And now mm-hmm. he's like this sexy handyman who like cleaned it up because they talk about how he was like kind of a slacker and like a druggie in high school yeah. and like just wore Nirvana yeah. t-shirts and he cleaned it up over the last 10 years. He did. Well, yeah. So he found a, a passion in contracting and, you know, taking old things and making them new and beautiful and structurally sound, I'm sure. And uh, oh, also... The parallels to my life, Erin. Hawaii, mm-hmm. Oregon, great. The fact that there's also a a s'more side plot in my love story with my partner <laughs> Wait, was also... I don't know about this. It was also really nice. One of our first dates, I was like, you can't get s'mores in the city. And so he, t- he took me to Kosi, the chain restaurant. That's, that not, a, just, that's again, not a s'more. That doesn't you know count. What? It's that's not a it's real a, s'more. It's a New York City s'more, you okay, snob. Right. I know. <laughs> I know there are, I mean, it's got to be over a campfire, right? But like New York City, I was craving s'mores. Michael made them appear. And then during my picnic proposal, he also got like an outdoor s'more kit and we made s'mores before he proposed. Yeah, man. It's like good. So this book just hit me in many places personally. Mm -hmm. So, so she goes upstairs, she sees him. What I like is like, She's on the phone the whole time with Kira mm-hmm. and like not getting off the phone. Right. Um, and at one point, Kira's like, I heard his voice. Ooh, good voice. Calm and manly. He's probably comfortable hugging his guy friends and telling his dad that he loves him. And I'm like, Kira, with the insight. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No. But Kira says at one point, like, okay, if you're going to bang this guy, say something like, it's nice weather we're having, aren't we? And immediately she sees him. She has a little bit of small talk. And then she's like, it's nice weather we're having, aren't we? And then just hangs up on Kira. And that's that's one of the things I really loved about this book is like immediately she's interested. She shows him he, she's interested. He's interested in her. He shows her that he's interested in her. And she it believes him. She's like, mm, he's interested in me. She's yep. not like, ooh, what a sexy guy that this guy has become in the last 10 years. Gosh, I hope he's down for fat, ugly women like me. Like, it's not yes. like that. It's like, he's into no. me. I'm into him. Like, let's do this. And they're they're on it the first night. Like, she asks she well, asks and- him out for drinks. Like, there isn't this little dance of like, oh, 
I'm a meek little. I don't know if I'm good enough. Okay. No. There isn't that. I loved that. No, I loved it. I loved it so much. Well, and you know what? I also loved how silly and awkward their banter was mm-hmm. while still being really red hot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's raining outside when she says nice weather. And so she's like, <laughs> I'm joking. That's not, oh God. <laughs> and what did he say? He's like, it's Oregon weather. Should we awkwardly hug now? And her response is, God, yes. <laughs> and I was yes, like, please. yes. <laughs> This is excellent. Yeah, I highlighted that line too. And they like paint a wall together and he gives her the paint mm-hmm. and she starts painting and he's like, oh no, not that wall. And she's like, what? And like, he's joking. Like, he's funny. It's like good. It's snappy. I like that it's snappy. That's it one of those things snappy. that I look for. And you know what? It's even snappy during the sex. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed that. So, you know, they do some excellent flirting. They do some excellent catching up. And then she's like, do you want to go to drinks or dinner? And then they plan on like going to some sort of store and getting some supplies. But then it's raining out. So they don't get to do that. Instead, they decide to stay in with some wine and some awesomeness. And Kira, once again, just comes in and sticks the landing. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. So this was one of the things that did not resonate with me at all because I don't do sharing my phone. I don't know why. My phone is an extension of my person. It's a, a big thing of privacy for me. Doesn't matter. I don't know what you're like, talking about. What? Oh, when she goes to the bathroom and her phone beeps and she's like, oh, oh. that's Dylan. What did he say? What? No, ma'am. No, nobody gets to do that. Like, No. Sorry. So anyway, so she says, what did he say? And obviously, after being invited to, Chris looks at her phone and it's a text from Kira that says, have you banged him yet? (laughs) And then, of course, she has to explain like her recent breakup and the reason and blah, 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 blah. And And he's like, yeah, sure. That actually turns out for the best. Yeah, let's let's go to bang town. You can... Yeah, I I am definitely a lumber sexual that you can get under in order to get over your Mm ex-boyfriend. And so he just moves his plate and moves her plate and kisses her across the bar. Mm -hmm. And then she sort of pulls back all wide-eyed. Well, after they break apart, she's wide-eyed. And he's like, I should have asked you if I could do that. And she was like, you can do that. And he goes, well, I already did. Where you got your like little weird consent boner? Is that the part? (laughs) Yes, that was one of them. Don't worry, there are more notes. (laughs) My consent boner knew no bounds in this story. (laughs) I was like, ugh, ugh. just keep kissing you guys. Like, no, 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 but that's great because then she's like, you can definitely do that again. And and then she grabs him, and then it's so obvious that they're like totally in it to win it. And then he's like, why don't we adjourn to the couch? And she's like, why don't we adjourn to the bed you handmade? The bed that you fabricated from wood for me. I can't even. I can't even. (laughs) Love that. Okay. They've like undressed quite a bit and they're on the bed and he tells her, you can tell me no to anything. He said, straddling her chest with his knees. (laughs) You shouldn't, but you can. And she goes, I don't want to tell you no. I don't want to tell you anything. And he's like, why not? she goes because i'd rather put my mouth to better use <laughs> so which is so i just like just snappy like in the in the encounter as well and mm-hmm. i really really liked that but also go ahead but i think that's the part so he straddles her face and she gives him a blowjob that way or he's yeah. like he's having sex with her face where he's on top of yeah. her and i right, think right, that right. because he later is like 
kind of apologizing to her because he's like, I don't do that like normally on the first time with girls. So I think that's how they describe him as a bad boy or like it's extra or something. Like, I really think that's what the sure. Harlequin is getting at. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because he he enjoys being in charge in bed. Mm-hmm. He enjoys, you know, having that sort of power play where he's mm-hmm. like, he's asking her to do things or he's telling her to do things or he's asking her to tell him exactly what she wants. Right. So but he likes not... being in the driver's seat. Right. But his whole thing is like with new women – he kind of graduates to that after they're in a, a, a really comfortable place. And that kind of yes. showed that these two were already in a more comfortable place. But what I exactly. like is even though he likes to kind of dominate the situation, he's not like described as this like caged beast who like is going to no. like overpower her if he gets too turned on, like he's got to hold back or like there's none of that bullshit that no, usually not at all. is in these. No, and frankly, in all of their encounters, there's a moment where he's like, how can I touch you so that we get you there? Mm-hmm. Or like, what, what? how do you want me to touch you? How do you want this to work? Yeah, and she's very like, um, a little higher over over a little yeah. bit. <laughs> there's a lot of that. It's great. Uh-huh. She's like, she's like, stroke with your fingers on the front wall of my vagina. Like, it's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, she just tells him exactly what she likes. And uh, she's rewarded with many orgasms. Can I, um, and as is he. Can I talk about a weird little bit of panther? Please do, because I was going to get there too. Yep, there there is was it, some weirdness. Is it cocksucking time? it might time? just be a personal thing. <laughs> no, actually. Is I mean, that, that was not, weird. Okay, because this is No, like not, the not the one I was going to bring up. Okay, this is the one thing that like really stood out for me. Yeah, like, oh yeah. She, I mean, I, I had to be like, er? Yeah. But. She calls him cocky. And then he like kind of makes she said, a joke. No, she calls him a little cocky. Right. And then he's like, Am I a little so cocky? So he's like, pulls yeah, out exactly. a schlong. Yeah, okay. Blah blah. So then he says He's very impressive, everyone. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. So out of nowhere he says, Why is my cock not in your mouth? I could have sworn it was cock sucking time. Out of nowhere. And then she goes, <laughs> What time is it? And it says, He looked up at the clock on the wall over the wood stove. Ten fourteen, he said. It's after cocksucking time, she said. Allow me to apologize for my tardiness. Like, it was yeah, just yeah. the weirdest. So it was weird, but I also liked that they were just like on the same page. Yeah, I where did. He was there like, was why is charming about it? Mouth? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she did not get offended. She was no. just like, oh no, you're right. It's totally what well, that should happen yes. right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, was yes, it was, the phrasing was weird, but I was still there for it. No, the thing for me is that. I'm all for power play, but I get really weirded out. And I know I'm a weirdo because like, I don't like anything that is even tangentially infantilizing. So um, I'm to the point where I don't like it. And none of my partners have ever called me babe because I call my 18 month old son babe. And that might weird everyone else out. But like he is a baby. And he is a babe. But I'm all, I also don't do a lot of nicknames in general. Like I'll do like wonderful or darling or whatever. But I'm not. I call my son honey and babe and baby and all the things because once again, he is a child. <laughs> and that's always weirded me out. And this So went this a is when he calls extra. her little girl? Yes! I would have been like, do not call me that again. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, take his dick out of my mouth to be like, no, no. <laughs> And then dick right back in. That's fine. <laughs> we all have boundaries. <laughs> but yeah, he he calls her little girl at one point. And then thankfully, I mean, 
he checks himself mentally. He's like, oh my God, did I just call her a little girl? But the only reason he did that is because he usually waits for like three months in to uh, pull that out on his partners, mm-hmm. which I, th- I feel like that would have been a bit of a bait and switch had I been the woman in bed with him. But then, and again, he's like, he calls her babe at one point and she goes, I like that. And mm-hmm. he's like, I like that you like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, yes, I was ready for it. I was fine. Yep. Sorry. I don't like Sorry, it. No. I don't like it. Okay. So then the other thing is not icky, but there was a phrase that I've never heard before. And Ooh. I don't, I want to like ask you and ask oh, our no. one listener. <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of the variation that they kept on using willing to spread. Like, oh in yeah. His, like I'd his, spread for him. Yeah, she yeah. said I st- I'd spread for him. Yep. And he was like, I love having a woman underneath me who's like willing to spread or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I get it, but I've never heard that before. Is it, that's really? a thing? That's a thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She talks about like. Well, her, I mean, I liked her, it. She had like a Daniel Radcliffe poster on her wall when she was younger. Yeah. And she talks about how she'd spread for Harry Potter. Yeah, I've heard like, I mean, I've I've definitely understood the sentiment and like, oh yeah, I'd fuck him, mm-hmm. and I guess it's the same thing. But I've never ever heard that, so that was uh, that was interesting. And thank you for telling me that it's a thing. I feel more uh, I feel more culturally imbued. I love I guess. it when we can learn from these books when there's yes, learning yes. that happens from this reading. <laughs> yep. Okay, so those are my little, like, icky slash weird things, including cocksucking time. That was a little, I was like, "Eh, I don't really know. Don't get me wrong. There's a part of me that loved it, but there was a big part of me that was like, what? What? Cocksucking time. What's happening right now? Yeah. Okay, wait. So here's the other thing that I love. In the hardcover, because remember, I read it in paperback. Mm -hmm. So not hardcover, but hard copy. Mm -hmm. The first sexual encounter. Now, this includes... This includes some breaks for getting for reacquainting each other and banter and getting water and wine and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it goes on for over 40 pages. Mm-hmm. It goes from page 46 to page 88. And it and is And it delightful. didn't feel long. Yeah, it did. there was no. nothing wrong with that. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And and frankly, there were only good things about that because mm-hmm. it was like they were both in it for each other's pleasure neither of them were like weirded out by it there was a moment where he was like my this was so cute when he was like my high school self is freaking out right now Mm -hmm. and she asked him if he was freaking out too and he was like no 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 i i definitely am but you can't tell because it's much cooler now (laughs) she goes no i can tell and he was like how she goes because i'm freaking out and i'm projecting (laughs) yeah so I really, really enjoyed this. So after okay, but then. Yeah. So afterwards, she gets kind of freaked out. She starts crying. She starts thinking about her ex. She did not get freaked out about him. Right. He like got up to throw away the condom and she gets totally dressed and wraps herself in an afghan. Mm-hmm. Gets <laughs> and... some tea. Makes some tea for herself and starts crying. And so he yeah. leaves. She doesn't ask him to stay. He won- He was like mm. hoping she would, but she doesn't. So he leaves. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. Wait, I have to stop you because mm-hmm. that is not all that happens. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Welcome to Heaving Bosoms, where we read the book out loud to you in its entirety. <laughs> if we like it, we will read you every word. Shut your mouth. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm, I'm being, a, I'm a bit the most right now, but that's okay. So, okay. So he looks at her and he's like, "You can tell your friend that you did what, she, what she suggested." And then maybe she'll get off your back. And um, Kira's response was, 
She will. I'll tell her I did exactly what she told me. Too bad it didn't work. End scene. Get the fuck out, Chris. Leave. Mm-hmm. Like, tail between his legs, goes out to his man truck. And I loved it because I was like, <clears throat> and I turned the page and Kira, the first words on the next page are too bad. It didn't work. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> how dare you, madam? And that's, I mean, yeah. that's how I was feeling. Thank you, Kira. Yeah. But so he leaves. What She, she actually did done... want him to stay. Yeah. But like Ugh, in, in your usual, I would say like 80% of these books, what's, what happens is... Joey then sulks for a while and she thinks about like, should I call him? Does he like me? And the next thing is him contacting her and she is unsure of whether like, it's like, uh, but this heroine who I love just texts him is like, I said a dumb thing. Whoops. Would you like to have lunch today? Because I'm sorry that I said that. And she's like, I fucked it up. I'm sorry. And he comes back and he's like, I remember uh, the fucking. I don't remember anyone fucking it up. I'd love to have lunch. And it's like, oh, good. You know, conflict averted. Fine. And so she goes yes. and meets him at his work. They do more sex stuff. And it's fine. Yeah, they do some pretty awesome sex yeah. stuff. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, that's when we get the infamous, like, am I touching you right? And she's mm-hmm. like, here's how it can be better. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they decide she's in town for two weeks for... Dylan, her brother's wedding, so they decide they're going to keep having sex for two weeks, but no one's going to, like, pressure anyone to not go back to Hawaii, and he promises they swear on a signed Nirvana album, <laughs> which is very important to him, that he will not pressure her to stay And in she order. won't pressure him. Well, but... Yeah, the, th- that's not even yeah, possible. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so... They do. They have sex for, like, two weeks, and the book kind of glosses over the two weeks, except for to say that there was some good stuff in there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I could have taken 300 more pages of just the two weeks of them boning. I like that it was so snippy snappy. I, I mean, it was I like nice. that it was, it was a nice. quick old read and like it got to the yeah. point. This book just spoke to me particularly. So. I know. Me too. You know. Me too. You know. I am there for a forest and a cabin and a wood stove. Yeah. Well, and a flannel. And so her brother, <laughs> like, her brother is like you know freaking out because um one of the other subplots is that he has gone in with Chris to buy all of the cabins around this lake and they're they're going to refurbish all of them and then rent them out and they want Joey to be there as like their marketing guru to get it off the ground like Twitter and make job it and a huge success yeah, and come back yes and and all of that was in place before she hopped on top of Chris right and so, in fact, the reason Chris was at the house when she got there was that Dylan wanted Chris to ask her to take this job, but then he forgot about yeah. that and instead had sex with her. <laughs> That's right. Well, his 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 blood was elsewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not in his brain. So after two weeks, he's like, "Hey, uh, they go on a hike or something out to like one of the other cabins," and he's like, "Hey." I'm in love with you. And she gets really pissed off because they made a deal that he wasn't going to, like, do this. And she's probably mostly pissed off because, like, she knows she's in love with him, too. But she doesn't really admit that. And is that when he also tells her about the job opportunity? Yeah. So his whole thing was, um, I'm not going to ask her to stay. I'm just going to show her all the reasons she should without saying the words out loud. Which, and I love this about her. In her fury, she's like, that's incredibly manipulative. Right. And you're not that guy. Yeah. And you promised me you wouldn't be that guy. Uh-huh. So, like, what the actual fuck? Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I like that she was like, this is manipulative of him. Not, not yes. sweet. And he was like, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. But also, I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
So anyway, yeah. So he takes her to this cabin and she imagines like what they should do with it to sell it best. And she's like, you know, doing her marketing fanciness um, in real time and telling her all of the plans she would make. Then they bone against the wall and mm. it was delightful. Yeah, it was a good and one. And she it was it quite. <laughs> They're all yes. good ones in this book, though. They are. Yeah. Um, and so then she says something and he was like, well, that's because I love you. And she freaks out. And I, I don't blame her because it's rude. Mm-hmm. You could have told her that after she went back to Hawaii mm-hmm. and decided to like ask her to go long distance or what the fuck ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love so that she's, she's like, well, there's never a time where like the, you know, it's always the woman who has to pick up her career yes. and go move across the country for the man. Like, yeah. why don't you pick up your career and move across the country for me? And he's like, okay. Like, what? Yeah, are he's you like, asking? Who said I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. do that? Are you, are you asking me to? And she's like, no, I'm not right. asking you to. She's like, no, it's I'm leaving right now. <laughs> and so then she goes on a walk and i love this like um this inner monologue that happens with her because she just like lays everything out but again in a quick snappy way Mm -hmm. and she's you know she's experiencing all of her conflicting emotions because she's like do i am i not wanting this because i don't want this or do i not want this because i i think i shouldn't want it Mm -hmm. or like is it most convenient for me to move? And that's why we're thinking about it that way. You know, the whole thing. Because once again, they have this gift-wrapped job for her mm-hmm. with two of the people that she's loved the most in her whole life and blah. Then she's like, what does she say? It somehow turns to Ben. And she's like, you know, Ben. Oh, the one thing I didn't like about this, um, although it makes kind of sense, is that so much of her thought process was like, I can't quit my job because then Ben wins. Yeah, but and I'm like, live your best life though. Who cares? But I mean, I get it. What I like about that is I think that's what any of us would think is like, oh, yeah. I can't quit my job or Ben wins. I can't quit my job or feminism loses. You know, like she totally. has this whole totally. thing of like, if I do this, then I am just one of those women that like meets a guy and then just drops her whole life. And it's all right. like the principle of the thing. Like she should keep her job because of Ben. But then she comes around to like, wait a minute. It's not about what I should do. It's about what's right for me. It's about... <laughs> living my best life like you're you're right I mean, about that really. but you know we have to let characters be wrong for a while she was wrong well and yeah and, and i liked i liked listening to her process mm-hmm. that because i i mean once again i had some of those moments right after i graduated from college and you know michael had a professorship and i didn't have anything and then i found this job in his town that i really loved is that and where we met is that how we met? Yes, Maybe? that is I how Aaron recall, and I met because I, I that we up, had that job together. Well, no, so this was so that was one of my jobs because oh. remember I had four jobs at that time. True. So yeah, there. But remember, I found the the sex educator position. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah, I was yeah. like, I could get this. I know I could get this. I'm the perfect person <laughs> for this job. And I decided that the principle of the thing told me that I shouldn't just move for a man. But I was like, there's a job. There's, you know, he is less mobile than I am. Otherwise, I'm sure he would offer to move, you know, the whole thing. But I had to do a lot of this same processing. I don't know. So she's thinking about Ben and she's like, Ben, 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 like he should get fired. But then I would get fired and then I would just get us both fired. (laughs) And like he wins and I hate it. And and she's tromping back to her cabin and la 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 la. And then she goes inside and she tromps some more. And then there's a, a knock at the door. And I sort of like my whole body stilled pen in hand. And then it says, Joey lifted her chin. She opens the door and lifted her chin and met Ben's eyes. 
and I just wrote, I knew it. <laughs> I I'll take did a picture and I'll post it. it on some sort of um, social media because it's written right here in my heart. <laughs> I see it. I see it. <laughs> I did not know it. And I was like, I what? Like that was like an M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, we can't just hear nothing from Ben this whole time. I thought this so, book was good enough that we would hear nothing. You know from what? Ben this I know, time. I know, but she had to close that chapter. You yeah, know, she uh-huh. had to close that chapter. But what I love about Ben showing up is they have this argument where Ben's like, "Oh, I was in an open relationship with my wife," and blah blah blah, which is bullshit. And she calls him on it because it's like, well, you can't have an open relationship where you don't tell anyone else you're in an open re- like it's a lie and you can't right. you're well, cheating no, no, no. on yeah, me so the, the whole thing. time. I am a little. I was a little on the fence about this because on the one hand. Having an open relationship with your wife is a completely valid way to organize your relationship. But that's not what she's mad about. No. And that's what I liked about. Well, she was a little bit mad about it because she's a little bit closed minded about relationships in general. But that's However, her. She doesn't want to have an yes. open relationship. That's fine. Well, and that was the thing, yeah. right? So she was like, I don't care about your or, you know, your arrangement with your wife. We thought we were in a monogamous relationship and you were lying to me for two years. And that's the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Although when he's like. We haven't been good for a long time. I'll divorce her for you. Yeah. I'm like, that's not why people enter open relationships. Sometimes, right. sure. But stop stop buying into that trope that, that, you know, the only good way to have a heterosexual or romantic relationship in general is just monogamy. Like, very, very happy people are in open relationships. I don't know. I didn't see that the open relationship was a symptom of their not being happy. I felt that that was an explanation for why Kira didn't know he was married, why no one at work know, knew he was married, like that kind of thing. Like he clearly doesn't. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Talk about just, her, or bring her around until he was like, "I'll divorce her for you." I was there for it, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Ugh, no, stop it." Yeah. They can be perfectly happy and not monogamous. I don't fucking know. But what I really liked about this fight yes. was that halfway through. Um, yes. Chris shows up and he's like, well, I hope you're happy with your stupid lumberjack or whatever. And he's like, yeah, we're pretty happy. And then just walks on by. Walks just by. like, sup, girl. I forgot something the in the cabin. house. I yep. need my keys. Need my keys. Leaves. There's no like when she tells him about this at the very beginning, when she tells him about her relationship, there's no like clenched fists. There's no like, I'll murder no. him, blah, blah, blah. And like, in fact, it's like he, you, she uses it as a compliment mm-hmm. for his sexual yeah. prowess and he takes it that way. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, this is the best sex you've ever had and your ex was really good at sex. Excellent. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this is great. And and that's like he stays in the house for the remainder of their fight until he leaves. And then when she, he comes he out, lets all her he asks, handle it. Yep. Yes. And then all he asks is like, "Are you okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm gonna get the fuck out of your hair because you're also mad at me. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. It, it was, was awesome. It was amazing. It made me, I fell in it love with him. It was the fucking best. I was like, oh, I know. You're so great. There was no masculine posturing. I there was know. no like, what are you doing here? Maybe I can fix this for you. Is he bothering you, ma'am? Like, no. I mean, maybe, but also, no. I I can deal with it. Yeah, it was good. So then the brother's wedding happens. And they had planned to go together. And they still, I think, loosely planned to go together because they had a matching costume idea, which 
I'm going to be honest with you. There was I didn't know any of the references. Yeah, okay. I'm so this is a, this is a Halloween wedding. Well, of course, it's her Halloween treat. I have a feeling that Harlequin yes. gave this author the title, and she was like, "Oh shit!" And she just like picked up a script. <laughs> yeah, like and... at the end, she was like, "Fuck, I've got to I got to tie this into Halloween." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, it's a Halloween wedding. It's also on her birthday, and it's an 80s-themed Halloween wedding. So they decide to go in 16 Candles costumes, because mm-hmm. I, I guess in 16 Candles, which I have seen, but I don't really remember enough of. It's her birthday. I don't who a professor is. No, I don't either. It's like, I guess, Molly Ringwald's birthday, and it's also like her sister's wedding, and that's why everyone forgets her birthday, so they're going in these theme costumes. And then that's right. at the wedding, there's a lot of 80s things that like I missed. I, I really liked the part so the grooms are dressed as Ferris Bueller people, which is fine. Uh-huh. Ferris Bueller and his best friend Cameron, because they were like, nah, guys, I don't care about the girlfriend. That was a beard. Yeah. <laughs> they <yeah>. were gay. <laughs> and I really like. They were in love. That the vows were like kicked off by somebody in a Ronald Reagan costume standing up and saying, uh, Mr. Mr. Gorbachev, <laughs> marry these two men. Yes. It was so good. And Gorbachev like marries them like somebody in a mm-hmm. costume, which I thought was really funny. I don't really under she shows up in a different sixteen candles costume that's like some kind of no, gender. She reversal. shows up in a different I don't know. Maybe she shows up I thought it was a whole different movie. Oh but I, don't, I don't know. I don't really know. Some kind of gender reversal. She shows up in costume as a man from an eighties teen movie. Yeah, and listen, everyone, you're not going to care. Because yeah. at that point, you're just going to be like, yay, we're going to get our happy ending. This is so romantic. Which you knew you were going to get. Here's what I here's what I love. They're in love at the end. It's wonderful. They're, she's going to move. It's perfect. Um, but he doesn't, like, have a ring, which no. happens in a lot of these books. They're just in love. Does it? Yes. Ugh. It's like, Ugh. I've had this ring since I was 15 years old. Like, that oh, happens all it. the time. They go in a closet, they bang it out one more time. Yes. And it's done. And he says something like trick or treat. And he's like, I tricked you into loving me. And she's like, it's my Halloween treat. (laughs) That's That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a little rough. I'm not going to lie, but I was fine. No, I was fine with it. It was fine. I I expected that. Like, whatevs. (laughs) It's my Halloween treat. (laughs) I mean, again, the author had to tie it in somehow. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this. This is Her Halloween Treat by Tiffany Rice. Uh, oh, that's R-E-I-S-Z. something we should say at the beginning. <laughs> we probably <laughs> should say that at the beginning. Um, I'm just going to say that we're also going to always post the covers of these on social media. So if we are assholes who don't, um, you will always know by following us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. I'm also making a Facebook page, which right now the... the um, Handle is at Heaving Bosoms Podcast. I'll let you know if that changes. And the Gmail is Heaving Bosoms Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email about the book or about a book you'd like us to read or your experience about how you got into romance novels, what you like about them, whatever. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Mel. Do you have a lady love, uh, a self love recommendation this week? Yeah, I have a book recommendation this week book recommendation yeah well i got this a while ago and i've just started reading it again do you know about rejected princesses i just saw this um at comic con when we were there yeah Mm -hmm. so it's this guy jason parath and he goes into history 
and finds like just various badass women and then writes up a synopsis of like all the badass things they did and then also draws a kind of parody cartoon of them as a Disney princess. And it's either a real life woman or like a myth from somewhere. He's very cognizant of the fact that he's like a a straight white man doing this. He tries to find women from all different cultures and all different places around the world. And he used to have a blog where he did this and now he's put it into a book. This is pretty old news. It's like a year old probably. But I've just been getting into it. And it's so good. And it's so good if you have kids too because some of them are like really violence heavy, sexual violence heavy. Some of these women are just mass murderers. Like that's why they're badass is just they murdered a thousand people or something. So he has them (laughs) color coded as like there's like green to red. So the green ones are just like scientists or like adventurers. And then there's like ones in the middle that are that there may be some triggering things or there may be things that aren't appropriate for kids and then there's red ones that are just like this woman uh murdered a thousand people so don't read this to your six-year-old daughter or son excellent so anyway i have really liked reading those and that sounds I really it. neat i'm gonna have mm-hmm. to pick that up yeah because i again i saw um we were in artist alley at comic-con and um we I saw a bunch of just the uh, art, mm-hmm. but it was so packed that I couldn't make my way with the stroller across the aisle. Um, so actually, I have a note about it in my phone to look it up, and I can't believe you said that out loud. Just you now. need to. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my uh, my recommendation right now. You've got is this look on your bit... face. It's like it. Is it a vibrator? It's not. <laughs> no, actually, it's really tame. Oh, okay. Okay, so this just came up like yesterday, but I really had a good time making pumpkins. I don't know why, because again, I'm not I'm not there for that most of the time. I think it was just that I, I decided to embrace myself and not do like a silly face, but just a poop emoji and a um, Wonder Woman thing. It was mm-hmm. great. But my actual recommendation is make chili. Uh, <laughs> I... I made chili and like the fall temperatures are, it, I think it just requires it. And it's like mm-hmm. really healthy comfort food and it's really yum. I am known for my chili. Like it's one of the things like when I come over to your house or whatever, a lot of times I'll just like fix a big pot of chili and, and go. Um, it's just a really easy thing. Mm-hmm. And up until this point, I've really coveted my chili recipe, but I think that that doesn't make me useful. I think that just makes me an asshole. (laughs) So I have decided that I'm going to publish my chili recipe with like secret ingredients and all on our social media (gasps) and you can find it there. (sighs) Yeah. So make chili. It can either be vegan or I, I use turkey this week. Either way, it's fucking out of this world. Yeah. Enjoy. We should put a link to the, we'll do a link to the rejected princesses too. So yes. Good. Yeah. Ab. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I think that's all for us right now. Um, right. So enjoy Halloween. Go be your baddest self. Go find Halloween. your own Halloween treat. Yes, all of them, as many as possible. All right, everybody, keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love cocksucking time. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but 
it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs> 